And welcome to another episode of the SU Sideline Talk. We have another fantasy football episode coming at you guys today. Uh, I am here with my man, Brendan Alvino. How are you, Brendan? I'm doing well. I mean, other than the fact that it was a really, really dreary day outside. And of course, as Eagles and Giants fans, it was not another great weekend for sports. But other than that, feeling good. Yeah, absolutely brutal. As you can might be able to tell in the tone of my voice, I am and I'm in a funk. You know, the Eagles, it's all <laughs> Philadelphia fans. We all are mm-hmm. so into it. And it, it takes a toll on you, for sure. That's for right. Sure. Absolutely. Well, let's get into something that kind of helps you get away from that, that, that fandom a little bit, which is fantasy football action. It, it's really a big distraction. I mean, sometimes you have your own guys that could disappoint you, but, you know, it gives you something else to root for throughout the week. And let's get into some of the top performers from this past week three in the NFL. Uh, Who are some of the guys you had? Um, Well, first and foremost, I have Steelers running back, James Conner. I mean, he kind of had a negative outlook after week one. Of course, he got hurt in that Giants game. Um, Experts weren't sure how he was going to perform going into the future, but he, he had a real standout performance this week. Over 100 rushing yards with a touchdown, as well as 40 receiving yards on top of that, and then uh, another running back I had, Alvin Kamara. I mean, he, he's just an absolute monster on a somewhat struggling Saints squad right now. Not bad, but they've struggled a little more than I, I would have anticipated. Um, now, granted, they did face um, the Raiders with a good Josh Jacobs, and we saw what happens when he doesn't play well. But Kamara, um, Jacobs played great against the Saints and Aaron Rodgers this week, but Kamara is what keeps them um, keeps the Saints in these games. Six rushing, te- six rushing attempts for 58 yards. Um, and I think I've said it before, but he has just such great hands. And he reminds me a lot of Saquon in his rookie year as a receiving back. He's so 13 cute. receptions, 100. Oh, absolutely. Uh, his route running ability is also incredible. 139 yards and two touchdowns. So just a, a really great fantasy performance week three from him. How about you? Yeah, some of the guys uh... – he had uh, Dalvin Cook. He had 25 points, you know, with the with the Vikings. A uh, guy that's kind of been in a slump to start the year with the Chargers, Austin Eckler, able to bust out a little mm-hmm. bit at 25 points for you. Finally, getting involved more with that Chiefs or with that Chargers offense a little bit. But I mean, you can't go wrong with any guys on uh, Michael Hardman with the Chiefs uh, with Patty Mahomes. He was just slinging it all day, every day. But those are the guys that we kind of knew that it's most of them you knew that are going to be able to break out uh, that you kind of bank on moving forward. But it's good to see Eckler right. kind of getting out of that funk. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So let's get into some of the people that we should go and pick up this coming Wednesday or Thursday, whenever your waiver wire deadline is. Give a, Who are some of the guys you're looking at, Brendan, that should be top priority for you? <clears throat> Uh, Well, one of the first guys I have, Justin Jefferson, the rookie out of LSU. He's with the Vikings now. Um, Played his first two weeks and only had five combined receptions through week one and two. But in this past week, he had nine targets with seven receptions and racked up 175 yards. That's a 25-yard average. Uh, along with the touchdown, now obviously he isn't their go-to with Thielen still there, and he hasn't been consistent enough to really get into your receiving core or even your first 
flex, but if you're in a larger, deeper league and you're looking for an extra flex guy, I think that, I think that he's your guy. Um, and one more guy is a running back, Miles Gaskin, yeah, his second yeah, year in the league. Guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and why not? I mean, yeah, the Dolphins picked up Breda and Howard, um, and they kind of split their snaps over the first two weeks, but Gaskin was their clear number one guy in that win over the Jags. 66 rushing yards, 29 receiving yards. Um, he, of course, he hasn't put up show-stopping numbers by any means, but he's averaged over 80 total yards in his three games. Um, and if he, he becomes more and more involved in that uh, Miami offense, then I think he's a really solid pickup. Yeah, he's not a guy that's going to go and get you 30 points, but he's, you know, 8 points, 11 points, 12 mm-hmm. points the first three weeks. I mean, I need a guy like that over a Leonard Fournette where, you know, week one, sure. nothing. Week two, 30 points. Last week, two points. Like, he's more one of those guys that's more consistent where, you know, a guy like Fournette or somebody along those lines that, you know, has the big name cachet, but it's boom or bust. He is – I like him as a very safe guy moving forward for, like, an RB2 or even, like, a flex if you need him, and especially mm-hmm. deep leagues. Uh, you Definitely. have anybody else? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, one guy, uh, a tight end, Moali um, Cox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the Colts. Uh, had fantastic back-to-back weeks, uh, 111 yards in week two, and um, 50 yards in a touch – or 50 yards in a touchdown, yes, in week three. Still young, third season in the league, and, I mean, he could possibly be emerging as one of Rivers' favorite targets, um, and especially in a – inconsistent tight end position for fantasy this year. I think he's uh, a great, great pickup. No, I definitely agree. Um, now, there's a couple of guys that I'm looking at picking up this week. Uh, you, you stole a couple of mine, but uh, <laughs> great minds think alike. Uh, Alan Lezard, Lezard, I think is his name, from Green Bay. He's been mm-hmm. solid the past couple of weeks with um, Devontae Adams being banged up. He's been able to take right. over some targets, you know, four catches in week one, six catches last week for 143 yards and a tutty. So, you know, he's a guy with a big play offense in the in the Packers where he doesn't need a lot of targets. As long as he catches that big one, big chunk plays, like he can he can rack up some points for you moving forward, I think, mm-hmm. in that big, powerful offense. Um, uh, but, 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 oh, and one thing I wanted to touch on here is uh, I forgot to mention for our breakouts from this past week, top performers, and that's Rex Burkhead for the mm. Patriots. He yeah. had 31 fantasy points this past week, two touchdowns uh, on six carries for 50 yards and seven catches for another 50 and a touchdown. So three touchdowns total. Uh, you know, the weeks before that, he had six points and three points with uh, seven carries each game. I want to get your take on what you should do in the New England backfield moving forward. Do you go, you, you take Rex Burkhead? Or New England's been notorious for having these guys, like, go off every other week like a new guy. So what, yeah, what's your take on that? Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. And even especially this year, I mean, with Cam Newton – honestly, being their number one running back. Yeah. Um, I mean, who, who, else have they, who, who else have they got there? I mean, it's, it's Burkhead, Sony, Sony Michelle. Michelle. Yeah. Um, and they're both, they're both solid running backs, but they're both a little bit older. And, and like I said, um, Newton, Cam Newton is going to be their number one running back. So, 
um, if they either one of them are to display a little bit more consistency over the past few weeks. Um, whatever one is showing that consistency, I say you pick up because I'm assuming, I'm not sure exactly what the stats are here, but probably they are owned by under 50% um, of fantasy yeah. owners. Cody Michelle's 46, Burkhead's 30, 28. So I mean, right. and then James right. White is the guy that's probably most people already have. Yeah. So it's more than likely that you will be able to pick them up um, over the waiver wire. But yeah, on, on that one, I think they just have to show more consistency for you to be able to pick them up for fantasy. Well, what would you think of a guy like Rex Burkhead over maybe a rookie in DeAndre Swift, my boy, FTP, um, <laughs> shout out the prep, but DeAndre Swift out of Georgia with the uh, Detroit Lions. He's kind of that scat back that gets you some uh, some touches out of the backfield. I mean, he's getting three carries, five carries, three receptions, five receptions, maybe. And he's kind of struggling out the gate. What, would you go for a Michelle or a Burkhead, or would you try to stick with maybe the the rookie growing throughout the season in the offense? Um, I think short-term, it, it makes more sense to grab someone like Burkhead or Michelle um, until – you know, Swift can display his week after week ability, especially, you know, playing behind uh, a Hall of Famer and Adrian Peterson. Um, and that's one of the things that you're going to have to wait too, because he's going to learn from him and he's going to learn from one of the greatest running backs of all time. And so those errors, like we saw in uh, week one with that drop pass, that that's going to go down and, you know, his overall leadership ability will go up. And I think in the long term that DeAndre Swift is going to be the guy that you want to get. But if you're looking for, you know, next week or even the following week, I think it, it'll make more sense to grab someone like Michelle or um, Rex Burkhead. I asked you that question because I've been debating it all day. Mm. <laughs> what, I, what I should do. So I don't know. It should be interesting moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Because he definitely has potential moving oh, forward. Yeah. And you don't want to drop that guy, but – that's the tough decisions we need to make here on the Fantasy Football Podcast for WQSU. So, all right, let's move into our last topic for today, and that is trades. Mm. Trading in fantasy football is always an interesting thing, an interesting dynamic, because, you know, we're in the week, uh, three weeks in, you know, I'm 0-3 in my one league, and I am looking for running backs. You know, mm. you, you got to go, you got to shake something up. And I want to talk, give everybody a little bit of advice of what you try to look for moving forward into the season because the waiver wire might be more thin now. Everybody kind of knows who's doing what for each team. So some ways that impact and shake up your lineup moving forward is those trades. So what do you think some ways that we should be looking into on how to execute these trades, Brendan? Well, uh, first of all, my biggest thing is you got to know the schedule. Um, you got to know when bye weeks are. Um, and trade from strength. You know what I'm saying? So if you have, you know, great depth at, a pres uh, at one position, you know, you, you trade your depth from that position to improve on a weaker position for um, the following week if, if there's no buy. That's, that's probably my number one thing. And then my number two thing is, is kind of cliche. Um, and I just, I remember it from, you know, uh, economic,
comics and from the one schoolhouse rock song buy low sell high um it's it's um you gotta look for those like struggling um yeah, I guess studs is the word I'm looking for. You know, I see a guy like Mark, Mark Andrews, who I think is a really elite tight end, but he's been struggling lately. Uh, but I try to go for a guy like him and give away kind of this mid-level performer, mid-level guy that has been standing out over the past few weeks. But because I think in the long term, somebody like Mark Andrews is going to get himself together and some fantasy owners may have given up on him already. I mean, he, he performed poorly in week two and three. Um, but in the long term, I think it makes more sense to go for a guy, a big stud who's struggling now, and then get rid of one of those mid-level guys who are, are like performing really, really well right now. I think that's usually what I do, but I don't, I don't know how you feel about that. No, no, I definitely agree with that, trying to look for that value moving forward. Um, my biggest thing is look at your divisions. Look at the who's mm. where in the standings right now. You kind of have to know who you're playing up against. You know, like, so you, most people have been in leagues for years with each other. So you kind of know the tendencies of what people try to do. And that is a big contributor to what you're looking for. You go to those people that you might have traded with in the past and you know, kind of like what you're, when you're GM of a football team, a lot of teams trade within each other for years, you know? Right. They have that familiarity. So I think that's a big thing, uh, to getting a deal done. But then also on the flip side, when somebody offers you a trade, don't be afraid to text them and go back and forth and count. Sure. There's so sure. many times where people just deny it and just be like, oh, that's a garbage trade, you know? Like, why would I ever do that? Like, I feel like you should be able to have a little bit of back and forth, at least a conversation where maybe something might be able to get done. So those are my two biggest things. But let's, I want to propose some trades for you here moving mm. forward. Um, coming up, in my one league, uh, there was a trade that happened actually last night. I think okay. it's a terrible trade. All right, so one <laughs> team is giving up Darius Slayton, Boston Scott, Tyler Higby. So Slayton and okay. Higby have been those guys that have been performing very well to start the season. Sure. And then – the other team's giving up Kelsey, Kenny Galladay, and Daryl Henderson. So, wow, really? Yeah. So those are the two guys that – I mean, Kelsey's been doing well, but Galladay's been hurt. But right. He's still, he showed that he got a touchdown this weekend. He's still yeah. got 14 points and it was five catches. You know, and then Higby and Slayton are those two guys that are young that have been accumulating those points from a lot of people that you wouldn't have expected. I want to get right, – right on something like that, like, because that's kind of what you were talking about with the younger guys for the older guys that haven't gotten there yet. I mean, now that I look right, at it, um, it's not as bad as I thought. I see. I'm, I'm a little biased. I, I'm not because, you know, I'm a Giants fan. So I love, I love Darius Lane. I, I, I really do. But um, in this case, I mean, Galladay was one of the top receivers yeah. going into, you know, the season this year. And yeah, he, what did he did he not even play weeks weeks one and two I, I believe he didn't he was banged up right so and you know just I know I'm kind of honing in on him but he's yeah he scored a touchdown last week and I think he is still one of the best deep threat receivers in the league and I think at this point it's it's a little bit too early to get rid of a guy like that especially for someone like Slayton 
who <laughs> has a, yeah. is catching balls from a quarterback that's Daniel Johnson has been just completely, you know, bombing every single week. Um, so at, at this point, I don't think that that was a smart move to get rid of somebody like Galladay. All right, here's another one at you that I actually offered somebody. That's Josh Jacobs. I get Josh Jacobs, but I'm giving up Julio Jones and Malcolm Brown. What are your thoughts on Julio this season and moving forward with the Falcons? Because week one, he had very well. Week two, not so much, and he has been hurt now. So, I mean, I want to get your take on what you think of that because I don't think it's too terrible because Jacobs is now starting to get a little banged up too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't mind that. Um, you know, Julio played incredible, incredible in week one. Um, what I, I think he had like 150 receiving yards. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's one of those guys that's just, he's the reliable target and one of the best to ever do it. Um, no and touchdown to, though that week. Yeah. Um, to sacrifice Josh Jacobs who is still very young. He's only in his second year. Um, and in, you know, yeah, like you said, he's, he's starting to get banged up. Um, I don't think that's a bad trade at all. And who, who else did you say you acquired? I just threw in Malcolm Brown just to give him. Oh, Malcolm Brown. Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe I throw okay. DeAndre Swift in instead. Um, okay. No, I, 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 I like that. I, I like that trade. I, I do. Yeah. All right. I mean, you got anything else on your mind before we wrap this up here? Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't think so. Not right now. You know, my, I struggle a little bit more this week. Um, my first two weeks I, I got by, I, I mean, I led the league in, in, in points scored, but uh, my uh, opponent matched up a little bit better than me this, this week. So I'm going to have to pick it up for next week, but Definitely. we'll see what happens there. Um, that's the biggest thing now, getting into the nitty-gritty where people kind of start to shake out the Ross, uh, the standings, and now it's the time where we really got to – you got to listen to us here yeah. on WQSU <laughs> Fantasy Podcast because we're giving you everything that's going to help you. It might not be helping us that much right now, but it's going to help you in the long haul. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Thank you, Brendan. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yep, uh, it's been an awesome another week – edition week three edition of the nfl uh wqsu sideline talk fantasy football edition